I'm going to ask him what I said. I'm going to ask him what I said. In your report, take your report and shove it up your fucking ass. You fucking, that's some bullshit. You know the last guy I bumped out, I knocked you on your fucking ass. Put that in your fucking report, you little fucking pimpsqueak. Wally, Wally. Fucking joke. Wally, Wally, let's go. God damn it. Wally, let's go, let's go. I want to know what I said. I'll leave the field when he tells me what he threw me out for. We got to go. I don't have to go. go. Yes, sir. You got to go now. What did I say? Guys. Jesus, you're goddamn it being an embarrassment to professional baseball being like that. Wally, please. It is right. Wally, please, let's go. First fucking time you've ever fucking umpired in professional baseball? Wally. Am I right? No, no. Wally, let's go. Please. Fucking joke. Hello and welcome inside the cave. I'm Tyler McKinnon and this is episode two of Inside the Cave. I started out with that audio clip uh, because it got brought to my attention just recently. Turns out it's actually about 10 years old. It's actually former New York Mets second baseman Wally Backman. He, this is when he was uh, co- or managing the South Georgia Peanuts, which is just a shitty team name for a team. I don't know why anybody would want to be ever called the Peanuts. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's when he was managing them of the independent South Coast League back in 2007. And I started out with it because I... I listened to it four or five times. I thought it was hilarious every single time. And I found it hilarious because I, when he calls the umpire a pipsqueak, one, because I can't remember the last time I've heard anybody use the word pipsqueak. Might be 10-plus years is when he used it. That, that word might have been rolling in and hot back in 2007, not that I'm aware of anyway. And two, I don't think I've any, heard anybody use the word pipsqueak in such an angry fashion. Pipsqueak is such a PG word. It, it's like a word that you would use in a PG movie or TV show where you'd be like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna beat you up, you little pipsqueak. But he, he, he turned it into raw carnage where in reality, if you're getting ready to fight somebody or you're really pissed off at somebody, you'd probably be like, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to rip your dick off and shove it down your fucking throat. And for the record, I've never said anything like that, but that's kind of where he went with it. He got, he mashed the PG word and turned it into an R-rated type scenario. And I just thought it was hilarious and uh, how he used that. So that's why I wanted to open up with that. This episode going to talk a little bit about, I don't actually have a lot of, a ton of content. I want to talk about the Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. Didn't actually think I was going to be jumping back into this from the pilot episode, as I call it, where we covered it in episode one. And uh, But now they got this, uh, tour rolling, which I'm actually surprised the fact that they have this tour rolling and it was, it's been four consecutive days. I didn't think they would do it like that. It's been mildly entertaining. Uh, they've gone to, uh, they started out in Los Angeles, went to Toronto, went to New York, and then finished up in London. And that's why I was surprised they did four days in a row. Cause you go from New York to London. I mean, that's a pretty long flight, but nonetheless, I'm a little more surprised that uh, 
they're doing it because now they had all this hype built up, but there's still over a month to go until this fight goes. So it's going to die down. I thought they were going to space it out a little more. I guess you don't want to have it um, too much leading into the to the fight, but I thought they would have spaced it out a little bit more than they did. Uh, just because it's hard to do four consecutive days, I find, um, you know, trash talking for four consecutive days. You start to wonder, when I saw the first one, in, or what, what they're going to talk about, when I saw the first one in L.A., I thought it was okay. Toronto was was quite good. It was quite funny. Just they're throwing these lines back and forth. I find that Floyd, all his chirps are about our money, so they're a little bit weak. But uh, Conor McGregor, he's been throwing out some great shit. Um, it, it is getting me a little bit excited for the boxing match, um, but I just don't get why they did it four days in a row. I find that still a little confusing. But for the most part, pretty successful. I found I, I you know, the, the one line that I found kind of weird was when they're in Toronto. Floyd Mayweather, he's like, I got that Toronto flag on. I got that Toronto flag on. He's wearing some Canadian gear for his team Mayweather, uh, that TMT that he's got, the outfit and the hat and everything. I, 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 he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. I feel like Floyd Mayweather actually thought he was wearing the Toronto flag, like not realizing that it's a country's flag of Canada. You know how sometimes Americans can be a little naive to that? I think that Floyd Mayweather actually thought that he was wearing Toronto flag gear because he didn't say Canadian. He said Toronto. I got that Toronto flag on, which I found very interesting. Another one was McGregor. Uh, I think this was in uh, – this one might have been in in New York. Yeah, this one was in New York. He, I guess some media were saying that he was being offensive to black people. And then he says he's half black, but he's half black from the belly button down. I thought that was kind of funny, but kind of edgy too at the same time. Like you're walking a fine line when you're saying something like that. And then proceeds to say he's got a message for the black woman out there and does these sexual type thrusts. So I found that uh, a little bit interesting to say the least. But for the most part, it's been, I'd say, pretty successful. There's been a lot of back and forth banter. Um, they're, they're, they're calling each other out the best they can. And, uh, for the most part, I think it's, it's been pretty good. I will say that I think, you know, Connor did say actually, sorry, that, um, you know, he's going to finish him within four rounds and I'll have to agree if he's got any shot of doing this, he's going to have to probably do it within, I'd say five, maybe six rounds tops. But I, again, the, the funny thing about this, too, is all this trash talk, it, it almost mentally gets you thinking that Connor can win, but you have to step back into reality. And, I mean, of course there's a chance, but in, in reality perspective, with all the trash talking, because he's winning the trash talking battle for sure, I'd say. He, he, kill, he absolutely killed Floyd in Toronto. But it, all the trash talking, it almost, it, like, it mentally, psychologically starts to shift your thought process like I know it was doing it with me and I think it was probably doing it with other people too you start to believe the hype that he presents and you start to think oh fuck maybe he's got a chance but you got to remember you know Floyd Mayweather's 49 and oh you can't you can't take that away from him you just have to look at the stats and he's a boxer Conor McGregor's not a boxer so when you look at it that way you've got to step back for a minute and be like hold on you know we're not fighting with our mouths here, with our words. We're going to be fighting with our fists. And this guy's never lost, ever, out of 49 professional fights. So, 
you got to take that into account with Conor McGregor. And, and my suggestion to anybody is if you're going to get the pay-per-view, pay-per-view set out at $100 now, like the Manny out, or the, the Pacquiao uh, Mayweather was, which was understandable. I thought that from the get-go that it would be that. Is if you're not going to go to a pub, which a pub would be an absolute fantastic setting for, and hopefully you're going to get a decent fight. I'm not so sure it's going to go that way. But if you're not going to go to a pub, you you make an event, you make a day of this. This is what we're, I'm going to be doing with a bunch of buddies. You make an absolute day of this. It's going to be kind of the last closing day out of summer. You make a fucking day of it. You get the boys together because what are Saturdays for? Saturdays are for the fucking boys. You get a Saturday together, and you 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 spice it up. You get some beer pong flying. You get some drinks going. Pong tables, drinks, pong tables, drinks, and you make a day of it. You start this shit at 1 p.m. Or if you're, well, I'm speaking from the West Coast, but you start it at 1 p.m. and then you're hyped up by 7 p.m. when the fight pay-per-view starts. And if you got 12, 10, 12 people. You know, it's chicken feed pricing for you. And if it's a shitty fight, which it very well could be, you're not really busting the bank. You know, you're not breaking the bank to to enjoy this fight. Now, if it was me personally, I would not order it by myself uh, because I, I would not want to spend $100 on something that could be just absolutely god-awful. As I learned my lesson with Mayweather Pacquiao, that I learned my lesson in, in, in respect to this is what it could look like, but even worse, I also did not watch that by myself because for the reason, and it's, watching fights with other people is just a million times better or in a pub setting, even if you have to do pay a little bit of cover, you're going to get some nice beer in you, some food, and fucking chuck that down in the old belly. So yeah, for the most part, I thought it's been pretty entertaining. Now I guess it's just going to have this long break, which I think was a little bit of a bad marketing tactic. But I guess leading up to it, I'm not sure what their plan is once they get closer to. I'm sure there will be one more press conference, um, probably a more serious one. But you never know with these two guys in there. Um, I think it will be a little bit more serious and more to the point. But I'm sure there will be that uh, traditional trash talk. I think they went this route to get that all out of the way. And then you can have a serious press conference, I guess, a couple of days before with the with the weigh-ins and all that sort of thing when, when they get those underway. So... Should be interesting nonetheless. Ticket prices are insane. I saw something like the average ticket price is around three grand. Like, holy fuck. Now, that's going to be a lot of celebrities, probably pro- professional athletes, and big ballers all around there, down there when uh, when that's going on or, or for that fight. So, you yeah, remember the Mayweather Pacquiao, there's absolutely tons of celebrities there. I was watching the, you watch the pay per view, and every. Five minutes, they'd be showing a, a new celeb uh, in the arena, or walking through the arena, or or in their seats. I actually have a buddy who's going to be down there for that. I'm a little bit jealous. I think he's going down there for a stag, so that will be fucking intense for him. A little bit jealous of that, but uh, for the most part, it should it should be good. It'll be super fun for him. But I'm looking forward to watch it with a bunch of friends and get that get that pong fucking flying. Like I said, is 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 Michael Buffer going to be doing the? Uh, the, the ring announcing, I know he did the Mayweather-Pacquiao. He only introduced Pacquiao, I do believe, though. But is he going to be doing the the ring introductions? Because that guy is getting old as shit. Like, I think he's in his 70s or something. And I, I, I think I could do a, a decent job. So Dana White, Zoof, or not Zoof, but Dana White, Boxing, Showtime, HBO, if you're listening, 
you know, I'll, I'll do it for free. I'll wash your cars. I'll wash all your cars. I'll do it for no price. I just want to be in the arena. I think I could do a little bit of a decent job. Fighting out of the red corner. This man is a mixed martial artist. Weighing in at 154 pounds. Fighting out of Dublin, Ireland. Connor, the Irish car bomb McGregor. And fighting out of the blue corner. This man is a perfect 49-0. Floyd Money Mayweather. From the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble! I don't think that's too bad. It's kind of shitty. But hey, I'll do it for free, Dana White. HBO, Showtime, I'll do it for free. Not the best example, but do you really want to pay Michael Buffer? Doesn't that guy get like a million dollars every time he says that line? Something like that. Something stupid crazy like that. Like the guy's worth like tons. And it's crazy too when you think about it. Because he goes in there and he says, reads off a cue card for like all of what? Two and a half minutes? Three minutes? Maybe a little longer than that, but point point made if you're making a million dollars for you that's a pretty fucking good gig and i've always thought about where michael buffer may have came out with that idea or came up with that i guess we'll call it the million dollar phrase and i did a little digging i did a little research because when somebody like that does something like that that was a shitty way to say it when somebody comes up with an idea like that and i don't think it was just purely him i think there was a little bit of uh, the HBO, the pay-per-view boxing kind of in his ear to egg him on to find something. Because if you look back, I did a little research. If you look back, the first ever pay-per-view was 1975 for boxing. It was the Thriller in Manila. And then there was one in 1980 featuring Sugar Ray Leonard. And then after that, it started to snowball a bit. Pay-per-view started to get rolling. And I think, when I look back at it, after doing this research, I think I pay, pay, found out the pinpoint day where Michael Buffer came up with that phrase, the million dollar phrase, and I think it went a little bit like this back in 1982. Hey Michael, good to see you. Welcome back to Las Vegas, pal. How you doing? Good to see you. Michael, you may know that boxing and pay-per-view are taking off together like no other. People are loving it. We're bringing in great revenue. It's good for boxing. It's good for us. It's good for you. It's good for the company. It's good for Las Vegas. Everything's clicking right now. It's it, it's a money pit. And you are the perfect guy for the job. We love what you do, Michael. You got the look. You got the voice. You got the hair. If you were a woman, I'd fuck you right here on the spot. But that's that's beyond the point. That's beyond the point. The point is, is we love what you do, Michael. You are great inside the ring. You bring the fans to their feet. You are the pre-show before the main show. And it's wonderful. We love what you do. But we think... We think we can get a little bit more out of you, like a little secret ingredient, a secret ingredient that will change the dynamic of the show. You have shows all over Las Vegas, and you're a little piece of the pie, Michael. You're a piece of that pie before the main course. You're the appetizer, and people love appetizers. What we need to do is get you a catchphrase, Michael, a phrase that says no matter where you are in the world, no matter where you are, if you have your back to the television set, you hear that phrase, that line, everybody knows what's about to go down. Everybody knows it's time to box, it's time to fight, 
It's time to be a man. And that's what we need from you. I know you just got off a flight from Los Angeles. I know you're tired. We got to clear your head, clear your mind. You're going to come up with something great for tomorrow night. So we got to get that clear head. And you know what they have here in Vegas, Michael? You know what they have? Come a little closer. I don't want people to hear me when I say this. Legal prostitution, Michael. Legal prostitution. We're going to set you up with Las Vegas finest. We're going to clear your head. You're going to come up with something fantastic. It's going to be great. It's going to be unbelievable. It's going to change your life forever. I promise you, you're going to be the biggest boxing announcer the game has ever seen. It's going to change your life. I'm telling you 100%. You got to trust me. I don't know if I can do that. Mike, can I call you Mike? Ah, fuck it, I'll call you Michael. Michael, Michael, listen to me. Listen to me. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to have a good time. It's on us. It's on the house. You just have to sit there, sit back, relax, and enjoy. I still don't think I could do it. Michael, ah, Michael, do you know what the number one selling children's book is right now? I have a daughter, a young daughter. You know what the number one selling children's novel is right now, right at this time, just got released recently? I can't say that I do. The BFG, Michael. Roald fucking doll. Children, novel, writing, extraordinaire. Do you know what other books he's written? James and the Giant Peach and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know how man, the clear this man, man's mind is? When you're writing a book about a kid who's living in a fucking giant peach with a bunch of insects and shit? And one with this Willy Wonka character who owns a chocolate factory? And kids are getting fucked up in there, left, right, and center, turning into giant grapes, drowning in chocolate fountains, getting fucked right up. They got these little Oompa Loopas. I can't decipher the size of these fucking guys, but they sound like the petite. They sound like they're so fucking petite, Michael, but yet all this shit he wrote was gold. Absolutely gold. Because he had a clear mind. He wrote a chapter, fucked, wrote another chapter, fucked, wrote three chapters, orgy. Clear head, Michael. He turned his load to gold. Get used to that phrase because that's what exactly what you need to do. Turn your load to gold, Michael, and I will promise you, you will be the biggest ring announcer that anybody has ever fucking seen. No ifs, ands, abouts about it. We're setting you up with Las Vegas Finest. No questions asked. You're doing it, and that's final Get it done. You'll come up with something. I promise you, Michael, I will not steer you in the wrong direction. So Michael Buffer does it. I mean, he doesn't really have much of a choice at this point. It's either piss off his bosses and maybe get fired or get a free escort. I mean, I'm weighing my options, and I think if I was in his shoes, I'd go with the free escort. So they meet up with the escort. She comes to his hotel room. They get to talk in a little bit whatnot and this girl is gorgeous absolutely stunning he was not lying when he said las vegas is finest that he was going to set michael buffer up with they start talking and then they start you know start things start going where you think they're going to go i'm not going to get into details but they start getting going into what where where they're going taking off clothes and whatnot and and this girl's gorgeous and she knows exactly what she's doing. This is why it's Las Vegas finest. She knows exactly what she's doing. She knows all the moves, all the tricks. Michael Buffer's doing everything in his power to keep his composure. He's holding his breath at this point. He's trying to last. He's trying to last because there's a lot of money they're spending and she's gorgeous. And he's trying to last. He's trying to last and he can't last any longer. And right when he's about to go, he's holding his breath and he just blurts out, 
I'm about ready to come down. And then he rolls off of her. And as he rolls off of her, she goes, oh, I th thought we were about ready to rumble. And right then and there, Michael Buffer knew he had the phrase. And from there on out, the rest is history. And to this day, Michael Buffer still remains the biggest ring announcer in the history of the game due to that phrase. And legal prostitution still resides in Vegas. Win-win for everybody. That will conclude today's podcast episode of Inside the Cave. Be sure to follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ITC Sportscast. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening.